Welcome everybody to the Think Education podcast. Myself and Judith Lammy uh, chatting about, uh, well, most recently, travel, movement, mobility, trips, reflections, uh, all that type of good stuff. And um, in service of the podcast, Judith took another trip. I'm sure there were other motivations for it, um, no, if not just content creation. <laughs> so you are you are very recently returned from Romania, right? I am indeed. I am indeed. Yes, it's. Um, if you recall, uh, last year, towards the end of last year, um, I went on a British Council-led TNE uh, delegation to Bulgaria, to Sofia. And this was um, a similar type of um, arrangement, uh, but uh, slightly more advanced in that um, I think the British Council had sort of learned from the experiences in Sofia and um, and how to to set up the what ended up for, for us being like three three full days, but for the um, for the delegation side of it and the formal part of it sort of two days um you know learned from the Sophia experience and uh, and expanded and developed it uh, for Bucharest and for Romania um and um and one of the main reasons as well though that they could do that and they did that was that the British Council in Bulgaria and Romania worked very closely together and indeed the mm. director of the British Council over there is the same person it's Andrew Vass, uh -huh. so he he is the, the the director for for both of those countries. So it was a really great opportunity, you know, to to be able to look at what what took place in Bulgaria, but also see what and how um, the delegation and the objectives of the visit could be for the UK participants in particular. Okay, so I mean that's that's very interesting. On a couple of levels, right? One, it's always nice when there's there's some sort of communication uh, or synergy or whatever the proper term would be outside of academia. Um, I'm I'm wondering then because there's a lot of stuff here based on you know stuff we've been talking about recently and indeed stuff we're writing about for for our current book, uh, T and E activity, T and E travel, T and E you know international experience. I'm I'm wondering then. How did you prepare for this one differently than you prepared for the uh, one? I guess it was, as you said, the tail end of last year when you uh, when you went to Bulgaria. How, how was how did your approach that's, differ? That's a good question, Chris, because most people who listen to our podcast and indeed we we know that the Dr. Vicky Lewis, for example, will be listening and we know what she'll be doing as well. Um, but but sometimes the word preparation doesn't immediately lead to mind. <laughs> uh, but absolutely it did with regard to um, this Romanian opportunity. I, I think probably just also then, just so, so just to outline who was taking part. So it was uh, it was in many ways a, a sort of matchmaking opportunity, mm -hmm. TNE matchmaking opportunity of, you know, select number of universities across the UK, of which Swansea University was one, but we had other universities such as Stirling, Arden, you know, various um, various others, uh, and um, and then universities from Romania, 
So universities such as um, the Bucharest University of Economic Studies, the Romanian American uh, University, uh, and so on. There were others as well, and I can I can touch upon who some of those others were um, shortly too. And then, um, really importantly, though as well, not just universities, but also organisations and and entities. So, uh, Invisia was there, and Invisia is an organisation in um, in Romania that provides training for executives at, at board level. So it's a CPD, mm. you know, training sure, yeah. organization, but connects in, therefore, to all of the um, types of organizations, such as the International Chamber of Commerce and the banking institutes, you know, so you have those. And then I think very importantly, it was the agencies that were part of the delegation, too. So from the UK side, obviously, the British Council was was primarily um the ones that were organizing it and we all work together to to help to help do this and this is in part answering your question in terms of obviously the preparation had to go into doing it from their point of view um but it was not only the british council ably assisted by uh, our friend uh janet Ilieva, obviously ceo of education uh inside who helped facilitate the the sessions uki uk international uh were there their deputy director was there uh, as well as the QAA in the UK, so their head of international uh, there, and the OFS. So from the UK side, wow. therefore, you had not only those colleagues and the universities, but you had those supporting agencies as well. Mm. And then on the Romanian side, um, you had a sem you had basically, you know, your comparable colleagues. So it was the, the Romanian quality assurance colleagues that were there as well. And I, I nearly forgot Fabrizio. Fabrizio was there, a friend of oh. uh, Think Education podcast too, because of course we were also talking about, you can have some wonderful ideas when it comes to, to TNE, but you do need to talk about the regulations, you do need to talk about qualifications, and you need to talk about synergies there as well. And very importantly too, from the Romanian um, side as well, you have the um, the government, the Ministry of Education. Indeed, the the Secretary of State was with us for the whole of the first day. He didn't just come say a few words about the new education bill that they've just um, passed that, that mentions TNE, but he stayed. He actively participated in the sessions, including writing on post-its and the like, um, and could hear the kind of things that we were talking about in the room, which was really important. So, so therefore, the preparation side of it, on the one hand, of course, was was in terms of looking at thinking about how we were going to be coming out of this um, this three days with some opportunities for us all to take forward that were mutually beneficial. But one really important thing that we did was we actually met and we had a webinar and a session with the as many UK universities as we could get anywhere who were going and our um, Romanian counterparts before we actually even got to to go to, to Romania so that we could see each other, we could have a think about the kind of things that we were interested in, we shared that information. And again, learning from the Bulgaria experience where we arrived on the Monday and on the, in the afternoon and where agencies and people got together but the universities weren't involved in that 
we then met people at a dinner and then the whole of the next day was you know a matchmaking session this one was very different this one started on the monday so we all arrived at some silly time on monday morning because a flight out of heathrow was you know it was about six or seven o'clock which meant that you arrived in at like midnight um doesn't mean that it's easy to get into the center of bucharest to be fair you were there in 20 minutes mm. uh bucharest at night or rather early in the morning um but we arrived then we had sessions on the monday and then we had this what was a wonderful idea a, a walking tour of of bucharest um which sounds as though in in february that might have be, been a bit chilly but as it <laughs> happened they had they had literally a week of balmy weather that nobody could believe it. Everybody was walking outside. It's beautifully and beautiful and sunny, but it was about 16, 17, 18 degrees, which I appreciate. Professor Hill sounds very, very cold to you. But for the rest of us in February, that's warm. You know, so we had this lovely walking tour with everybody getting involved. And of course, A, you learn something about the city you're in and B, you're just chit chatting to people in a different sort of a way than you are if you're in a mm. room. And then we all had dinner together. And then the next day, again, a full on day of, of opportunity for matchmaking, for, for one to ones and one to twos. There were presentations, there were case studies. So it was very active and I think very action focused. And if we could be like that because we prepared more beforehand. And, and then something else that we did um, that sometimes you just have to take a bit of a punt on, but but because we had had some discussions beforehand, uh, particularly with the Bucharest University of um, Economic uh, Studies, um, we didn't come back late, very late on the Tuesday, as would have been a, a semi possibility, although I think flights were a challenge um, because it didn't finish till till gone five. Um, but we decided to stay for the Wednesday so that we could have follow up meetings, which we did. And we indeed mm. had several. So I was there with my colleague, Fiona Jordan, who's Associate Dean International at the University for um, for Humanities and Social Sciences. Uh, and we spent several hours at the University of Economic Studies. We also had um, a meeting with Envisia, who came to meet us to talk a little bit further about what we might do with them. We met with some of our alumni uh, in the evening and we also had the opportunity to meet with some colleagues who were at a, uh, a university that the university already had some connections with. And because therefore, and that actually ended up being probably a longer day and a fuller day for the other days. Um, but yeah, it meant yeah. that rather than disappear then off to, to back home on a plane and then have to follow up a bit later on. You can almost do that follow up there and then. And it goes back to what we've said before about the real importance of face-to-face -face interaction, but mm -hmm. of absolutely making sure you maximise that opportunity. If you're going to use up airspace on the planet, yeah. make sure that you use it to the best of you know your ability. And so I think, therefore, that that was one of the great benefits of this one was the right people were in the room yep. to be making a difference and to be helping to, I suppose, try to take forward the new education law that I can come on to in a, in a, in a little bit. Um, but that also, everybody was there with a, with a purpose to have some actions that would come out of this. It wasn't just about having a pleasant conversations, pleasant conversations, though they were, 
it, it was also about you know trying to get some tangible benefits for everybody that were involved i mean it's it's fascinating i think it's um in many ways i can sort of see parallels to the experience you shared about china when yes. uh, you know you're talking about how lena was uh, organizing events and how interaction was being driven almost and engagement sort of encouraged on, on the on the ground um and it's it's very interesting to hear about i guess what is now from the several examples you've given becoming more of the norm right this is kind of yeah. the, the the model that uh, in the, obviously in this example british council are are certainly championing which you know you put in the time you put in the effort you put in the connections beforehand which may have initially you know a couple of years ago have happened that would have been the first visit that would have been the first meeting everybody yes. goes out you kind of meet people it's a little bit like what something between a careers fair or a recruitment fair it's kind of a as you say that you know everybody comes out you know this is what we do this is who we are it's like well yes you can actually read that off the website or we can have those conversations in advance now such yeah. that you know it's now the the coalition of the willing right you know you're as you say you're you're looking for some form of of actionable activity even if it's not you know you walk away with a partnership you've at least got an avenue or avenues to to explore but what i find really really interesting and, and i think i mean very positive is that there's still time built in in the program for people like it is you know it's rec it's recognizing that we are representing institutions but we are people within the institutions who are going to work together and and the more we can build those sort of initial networks i mean it's interesting that walk around the city i, I mean it you know it's just, kind of a, it's it, like, you know it's very clever inspired inspired idea yeah. you know and for example during that walk you know obviously you're looking at i mean and i know pretty much every country's got a an interesting useless word really but anyway a rich history um but goodness me romania has and it's and it's written all over its architecture in so many ways mm -hmm. or indeed gaps in its architecture but it, i just remember one bit of it so for example you know walking along and and because there were quite a lot of us we did have a guide at the front because but you know he would then we're all like mooching around looking at other things as well so he was talking to a few people at the at the front and mm -hmm. then the rest of us were were chatting and you almost naturally buddy up with somebody from Romania because that's who you'd ask a question of really wouldn't you sure, much sure. as I like Janet and the other Fiona who was at Sterling University it was much better to talk to somebody who was from from Romania because they could go oh what's that about and I remember having a brilliant conversation with Adrian um, Lacticus who came from the Transylvania University of Brasov and you know and, and because our guide was way, way at the front saying some things and almost like Adrian at the back was going oh yes he's just saying about this and and I'm like, who's that guy on the horse over there? You know, that statue. And, mm. and we ended up, therefore, and, you know, you'd have quite a bit of a conversation then. And then you'd all mooch around and go somewhere else. And you'd go in a building and you'd come out. And then, again, through no sort of design, but you'd end up chatting to somebody else, you know, about, um, you know, it might be Irina who came from the... Uh, veterinary medicine university about what you've just been seeing in that building you know it was a mm. it was a really good way of as you say looking at it as a people exercise as well bring these people together who have a genuine interest in working together
get them all to be able to learn and share from each other, but also have be brave enough. And I think we mentioned this with with some of the conferences as well to, to also give people a bit of space just to chat. So yeah. and, and in one way, this this walking tour was was a good way of doing it, you know, in the A, you if you just stayed with the guide, you would have learned something. And that's important when you go somewhere. Thank you very much. Sure. Um, but actually, if you didn't want to, and you just wanted to move around with people in the back and look in shop windows and go, oh, they look like nice puddings sort of thing. You could do that as well. <laughs> but you'd also be chatting to people. Not that I did that. Yeah, I did. Actually, I did that quite a lot. Um, so, you know, it was it was. Um, so I think having that been brave enough to not overly timetable things and actually yeah. that was taken in to the second day as well and because we'd had the discussions and then we all went back and we had a wonderful buffet um uh dinner that the british council had uh, had organized um you know and we chatted even more that the next day we got quite a number of things scheduled in there and people were giving presentations and there were case studies given by people like Invisio, the work that they do with with Handy Business School and the American Hotel, Hotel Academy and, and the work that they've done in, in the past with some franchising. Um, so we had those. But actually, then, you know, after lunch and Janet was talking to thinking, you know, shall we, we were meant to have other things scheduled. And we said, well, why don't we just basically have a matchmaking session that people who haven't managed to talk to each other can either talk to each other to see if they've got an opportunity to collaborate or those that have talked to each other but would like to extend it a little bit more and really get down to some of the detail can do that and that's yep. what we did in in a room you know so we had sort of a couple of little activities that afternoon but basically then it was right this so this next two hours you find somebody to sit next to that you haven't come here with or that isn't from your own country and you want to chat with you know have have that discussion and of course, because they'd set it up in the way that they had and we'd already known each other for 24 hours or more, that just worked really, really well. There was nobody sitting yeah. on their own. There was nobody, you know, having gangs of people around them. Uh, and then we had, you know, you use a wrap up session uh, in terms of what the actions might be coming out of it. The ambassador then was also with us, which which was good because it set it within the context of obviously what we're trying to do and they're trying to do from a country to country level, you know, and I think that probably the countries are on the cusp of a, of a bilateral uh, agreement in, in some way, you know, when you think that, that the UK has got 1.2 million diaspora of, of yeah. Romanians here, it's just huge, you know. Yeah, yeah. So it was really great having him there, having the minister there, having the agencies there and people from the QAA and OFS and the, the equivalents in, um, in Romania, as well as the universities. Um, yeah, See, I mean, sorry to interrupt. I think this is this is such a, an interesting point because, you know, especially you're talking about the matchmaking, you're talking about the events, you're talking about people moving around. But what's what's I think distinct in this is you, you took the entire ecosystem with you. So it's not yes. just university to university, which you know, on any given day, you'll find somebody to talk to, but maybe not somebody to partner with, right? But when anybody that you talk to in the room is, well, how does how does this work with the students? And how does this work with quality? And how does this work yeah. with regulations? It's a recognition that 
a successful TNE environment involves multiple stakeholders at governmental, institutional, you know, grassroots levels, etc. And having those people in the conversation, even if it's just a, you know, a completely seemingly innocuous but incredibly practical piece of, of advice where it's like, well, actually, you know, you can't do that. But if you do <laughs> this, then, you know, good luck. For, yeah, it's a very, a very all round sensible approach to supporting practical engagement, right? It's, um, and, and therefore, you've got complete political cover. If you've built in a wall. Absolutely. Yes, because the person next to you is QAA for Romania. So have a chat with them and find out yeah. the type of form you're going to, I mean, it's very, very sensible. <laughs> I mean, I had this on that, that note, it just reminds me, you know, um, I, I think there's two things as well. One, those individuals and those organisations were willing to give up their time um, to do this, which ends up being by the time you've flown there on a Sunday, you've got your, your, your two full days for sure. Some people did fly back on the Wednesday, but, you know, that is it's not just the, 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 the finance to support it, but it's the time to do it. And those individuals were willing to do that. So I think from the UK side, I mean, you almost expect universities will and the UK, I will and you know, the British Council, etc. But the fact that the QAA would, the fact that the deputy um, Josh of, 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 of OFS was was willing of and keen to give up his time. And I remember chatting to him on our way back from uh, the um, the dinner on the, the Monday. Uh, you know, it, he, he was like, I'm learning so much of, about this, you know, and and the, but specifically on the point you mentioned, so I was having a chat with one of the universities there about potentially doing a, a, a dual degree. And, I, and I'd had one particular question. I thought, oh, I wonder how that would work. And Piers Wall was there, who's the head of international membership services from the QAA. So I'm like, oi, Piers. How would that work? If we did this, would the, is this all right with the QAA? And he's like, yeah. And I went, great, thanks. I mean, that was it. That was the let that. And therefore, you know, you're not then either saying no to something because you think, oh, I'm not sure they'd want to, us to be doing that. Um, you can actually ask the person who is responsible for it in their senior leadership team, whether they think that will be something that is possible. And yeah. again, those others. Now, don't get me wrong. We came out with other things where there will be, of course, there are going to be challenges. You know, when you are looking at dual or or certainly multidisciplinary work over in working with uh, universities in Romania then one of the challenges might be that for every every discipline that you've got involved in a program that you have to go through the approval process right. for all of yeah. those different areas you know so if you're just I say just but if you're doing one in business and that's all it is then you've only got the one that you're dealing with but say that you're doing something in health economics with a bit of cyber on the side, but on the fact I don't right. have with these, but you know what I mean? You'd have to look, you'd have to go through three different types of, of agencies and approvals, potentially, because one other thing that was really important about this delegation and why it had been set up in the way it had and why the, the Ministry of Education were there as well, was that precisely because they've just literally this month, produced a new education bill that's been passed and actually mentions directly transnational education, the support mm. for it, the keenness they have to develop it 
and the keenness they have to ensure that things are done robustly, but that the that universities are given more autonomy in terms of what they want to do is a massive marker but there's one thing in having a law say that and there's another thing in having it go to the next stage and it coming into action and what they particularly wanted us to be doing during these sessions was was saying these are the kind of ideas that we've got this is what we would like to do um Mm -hmm. These are some of the areas of challenge we might see in terms of of how to take that to the next stage and operationalise the law. And so they're taking that back to see how they can help, therefore, in the next stage of the operationalising so that they're taking away some of those barriers that might be there that they don't realise. Because let's face it, people that write education laws probably aren't, by and large, the people that are going to be delivering transnational programmes. So they don't yeah. quite know sometimes what they're saying, the kind of a, a impact it could have. So I thought that was a massively mature approach and one I don't think I've come across before anywhere. No, no. <laughs> it's quite revolutionary to to just do something sensible. <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. Exactly. It's it's almost like, so why haven't we done this before? Why has nobody done this kind of thing before? Now, again, we're not, We, I mean, as we've again said before, when we come away from these things, you're all positive and you're all excited and you're all, you know, want to go off and do things. And, and then you, you you hit the wall that's, that's reality when you come back and everybody stayed in the same place. And then people start talking about detailed regulatory frameworks and, and you know, you, you lose the will. Um, but but I, I do at least think, that the ambition and and the you know the aim and the objective was as you say though to bring all of these people together to bring as many people as possible to 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 get that the, all those parts of the ecosystem working together so that you can at least start to map out what might be possible and therefore you're not either wasting a huge amount of time doing things that quite frankly are never going to happen or equally that you're not thinking, well, there's no point in saying that because we'll never be able to do that. But actually, there could be a very, could be you absolutely could be, you know. So and it, and because you you spend that amount of time, and you know what this is like, uh, Chris, because it's the same if you do these kind of delegations or conferences or anything. You you know you 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 spend quite an intense amount of time with people, and so you end up getting to know people quite well that you've never ever met before. But you've almost yeah. got that special bond of yeah. that, you know, experience that that you've had. And the, the key is to make sure you're following up on that. And this, though, is when technology actually starts to be really useful, because then what you can say is, right. So if you've got this aim to do this by this time, mm-hmm. so we're going to get these Zoom meetings in our diaries so that we are talking to each other in three weeks time yeah. to see how that's going. And you therefore hold each other to account, don't you? And we've certainly got that with a with a couple of yeah. the um, really good leads that, that, that we've got since we've come back. And we have set in an opportunity that happens to just be serendipitous actually to, to meet face to face. And that's not till April, but it gives us that deadline where if you know you're gonna, it's like essay deadlines, isn't it? Doesn't matter how old you get, everybody works to an essay deadline. You know, if you know you're gonna meet somebody at a certain point, yeah then you're pretty sure that you're going to try and do something 
to make sure you're accelerating the actions that yeah. you said you were going to take yeah. forward. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's interesting as well that um, uh, these types of conversations that you have when you're on these events is kind of almost irrespective of where you go or where one goes or who one meets. We're all speaking effectively the same language. Yeah. I mean, we, we have slightly different, you know, obviously perspectives, et cetera, et cetera, but we are all within the same kind of operational framework. And, and therefore, there, as you say, there is a bond that is kind of almost under the surface that you'd be just sort of tap into where yeah. it's like, oh, I, I recognize that challenge or yeah, I've been through that before or oh, I've never heard of that before, but actually I can relate it to something that, that I did over here. And, and it, there is a, a sort of a shared, I don't know, um, community, right? Within, within which it's easier to operate, I suppose. Um, yeah. Irrespective of what language you're actually talking um, at, the, at the events themselves. Um, yeah, um, it was interesting seeing of one of the case studies when Fabrizio was there as well with basically his sort of um, Romanian uh, counterpart and they were having they did their little session. I'm sure he won't mind me saying this, but it was really interesting. Even just watching them and hearing them talk. I'm not saying that you could have, you know, replaced them entirely with the other one, if you see what I mean. They weren't completely interchangeable. Uh, she was slightly different, but um, but they were the same they were of the same ilk you know yeah. it is like the QAA people were it's like the universities are you know when I talk to my counterpart at the Bucharest University of Economic Studies Marius you know um we've got basically the same strategies we're driving forward in yeah. very similar ways you know we've got some of the same challenges we've got some of the same delights as well we're individual mm. people but actually we're very much you know we're very much doing the same thing we've got obviously then there are slightly different challenges depending on the place and your time and things mm. like that but it's yeah, not yeah. you know it, it it's it is you're very similar and and you need to give yourself therefore the time to discover that and then get to know each other and then mutually you want to be able to help take down any barriers yeah. that there might be to a partnership going forward don't you Absolutely. You know what's striking, and maybe this is just my interpretation of the way you're not framing it, but the way you're just recounting your your trip, is I don't get the sense that there's a power dynamic, which on previous, you know, not yes. previous necessarily that we've we've talked about, but you know, we've had experience where it's very much the as is most cases, it's the UK example coming out, we're established, we know what we're doing, you know, you're lucky we're here, you know, exactly. as opposed to my my impression of what you're saying is, no, no, this is two groups of people trying to work out, okay, one group may have more experience in terms of time, yeah. but, you know, it's it's a much more, at least it's coming across to me as much more of a, of a as British Council used to do with this conference, you know, levelling the playing field, right? It's yeah. It's about dialogue between partners rather than you know that hierarchical power dynamic we used to have yeah. in T&E between home and, and sender or, or receiver etc I think that's that's a very encouraging you know and and to, to the point where it shouldn't even be that should just be the norm right yeah. as, as uh, um, yeah very interesting I mean I you know I couldn't I couldn't agree with you more I think that's a hundred percent you know it was a as you say a real dialogue of of, of equals and it and it might be in some of the partnerships that you develop that you know one is gaining slightly more in one area than another 
Um, but actually what I what I absolutely took from this, be it in areas of learn, as I say, there were learning and teaching opportunities, there might be franchise opportunities. A lot of it was about dual opportunity, which I ah, think in okay. itself yeah, yeah. is Ill illustrative of, of, of that nature of the communication, isn't it? Or there were things that, well, you know, we've got we've got this on our institution and you don't have it. So if we delivered it there, you'd have that. Yeah. That would draw people to your institution who then might want to set, study something else as well with you. Uh, or they might want to study this, you know. So it's a, and, I, and I think as well, you know, it was an absolute recognition from everybody therefore involved that, of course, you are thinking yourself about what you can do for your own organisation or agency or institution, but you are clear that you need to think of what any partner might get out of it as well. Because if there is an imbalance, it is always mm. felt, I think, mm -hmm. even even if it's on a different sort of level. Um, and and I, I, yeah, I was really struck by, you know, the, the universities, the similarity in uh, about so many things. Um, but then you've got some, you know, the, I mean, the, the Babish uh, Bulyai University, uh, which is largely based in the sort of northwest of um, of Romania and bordering with Hungary and that, but actually has something like 15 campuses or something, right. you know, amazing. It's 400 years old, you know, that's when mm -hmm. it actually started as an educational institution. And it's got 50,000 students. So yeah. when we're thinking, sometimes those of us that don't go to see these things, that well, it will be this little institution somewhere yeah, doing yeah. these little things, and then you get somewhere and you go, "Hang on a minute, hello, this is what I wasn't exactly expecting this," you know. And yes, they've got environmental science and nanotechnology and psychology and all of these different programs, and they draw massively from the region. They've got a huge number of international students. Uh, for example, but not only um, across Europe, but but beyond, they're part of European networks. The same with with the Bucharest University of Economics, you know, and they've got some very strong research networks and European networks. Of course, that's a challenge for the UK, although we are part of Horizon Europe, but not, you know, since Brexit, we've we've got our other challenges there. So these partners can be really important to us in many ways, just as as we would be to them. And that, I think, is when, you know, you 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 start to realise if you haven't already that you are you are, as you say, talking to equals. But that doesn't mean that you all do exactly the same thing or are exactly no, sure. at the same level of in everything. But what it absolutely does mean is that you've all got that commitment to what you want to take forward. Now, as we've said before, and I always say when I come back to these, particularly at whatever university I'm at, just to manage expectations, you know, for whatever reason, sometimes these relationships won't work, however. And it could, sure. you know, and it could be, you know, tiny little reasons or it could be major ones. But, you know, you might have a brilliant strategic fit. There might be the market demand there. You might all want it to work. And then for whatever reason, you know, there might be a tax issue. There might be whatever. You know, there, there are always situations where some of these things won't go forward and it, and sometimes therefore though you've just got to realize that but but right at the beginning as much as possible you know if you identify people where you can see there's that strong synergy then you're giving yourself 
the best opportunity for success. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I was going to say interesting again, but literally everything you've said has been interesting. That's all I keep saying. It's interesting that the, the way you explain it, then, you know, you know, you need to think about these different things. And I think actually it's just a question of thinking, isn't it? We need to think mm. when we enter these partnerships, we need to be aware of who we are, who we're dealing with. And, and yeah, that's so we're moving into conversations we had like with Stephanie Martin, you know, about decolonizing our thinking and, and sort yeah. of approaching this from a, a much more open-minded um just less traditional perspective and just thinking yeah well we might not actually be whoever we are the dominant player in this conversation um maybe from time perspective but not necessarily in capacity or or, or you know one of the many myriad things and i think it's it's such a valuable point though to go into a partnership negotiation or discussion with the knowledge that this might not work yeah. And ending it doesn't have to be a mark of failure. No. I mean, I know that's a little harder to convince, you know, senior, senior of particular, but I mean, often the returns on partnerships are much more in the soft power than the the bottom line, mm. right? They are they are often in the influence, connection, opportunity, which is a little harder to measure yeah. than the pure number of student mobility. Um, um, but it's yeah, I think it's a it's a it's a very healthy way of of thinking about it, um, uh, particularly and when you're you, involved in those conversations, yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, you might be looking at certain aspects of a partnership and trying to take that forward and then that bit doesn't work, but you've already developed a relationship, you've developed exactly. trust, yep. you've developed knowledge, yep. and something else will come along. So keep that relationship going. It's like having a network. Well, it is having a network, but it's like, it is. Yeah, yeah. you know, you might, you might be working with them a lot at one time and then you might not see them for years, but then you see them again because another opportunity comes up. You go, oh, I know who I'm going to contact. I'm yeah. going to contact so-and-so. And, you know, if you've got that kind of relationship, if you've built, built that trust, it takes you a very short amount of time then to, to get that back again. So even if something, I mean, I feel it, it, it feels a bit mean talking about things that might not work when I've just come back and it's all very positive, but, you know, um, but I think therefore just speaking in general, you know, if you, you have had some of these things that have happened and they haven't for whatever reason, you know, there will be other opportunities that come up. And the most important thing is you develop these relationships, you develop that trust, you develop solid, you know, equal yep. basis on which you have a, a partnership. And then it is in everybody's interest to maintain that and to take that forward. And it's in nobody's interest to not do that. And and if you, so, so you go into a relationship hoping, of course, sure, that it is going sure. to work, planning for it to work, not planning for it to fail um, or to not that particular thing not succeed. But to realise that, you know, just because one thing doesn't doesn't mean the whole partnership's gone. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that comes down to how we define success, doesn't it? I mean, th there's, yes, you know, absolutely. The, the absolute, which is whatever that might be. But along that from zero to absolute, there's so many different gradients of, of and we talked about this in the past, haven't we, that, you know, a, a connection here that might lead to a research paper, it might lead to a bid, or it might lead to a teaching program, it might lead to something, something, something down the line. The more that we, I mean, even just the more that we're aware of each other. Um, I mean, literally the example that you gave about, oh, oh, I'll be going to the country X and they're likely to be small universities because that's kind of the way often in the dominant West to use a terrible term, we're kind of programmed to to think of. Yeah. 
even just changing that perspective, that's a success, right? That's a huge Absolutely. movement in, in the way we're thinking yeah. about the world and interaction. So I wondered if I could ask you kind of a, a not an odd question, but just a curious question. Um, you talked when you came back from Bulgaria, um, you talked about how your perception of, of the students had perhaps changed a little because you had greater exposure and, and mm. you know you, you talked to people about language learning and, and I think almost we had to redefine what we understood by language learning based on the examples yes. that, that you were giving. Um, I was wondering, is there something you you learned or, or understand better about Romania now than, than you did before you went? I mean, is, is there something that particularly struck you about I don't know the city or, I, or the country or even the institutions yeah, that you I mean, engage with. I, I suppose, I suppose you know, going back to what I was saying previously, we did have the opportunity to meet with some alumni, which was great because then we, I was talking to them about you know why they chose university, how you know what was it, what what was their English studies like at, at school? Was that easy to come and you know study in English and all those sorts of things as well? But I suppose just one thing that really did fascinate me about Romania, and I did buy myself a little book and start reading about it before I went was its history you know because you've got obviously some very challenging points in the not too far distant past that some of us certainly when you're my age remember uh, mm -hmm. and remember seeing on the news and then you've caught of course then you've got that all of that magical notion which isn't just magical of course because it is a reality of of Romania and Transylvania and you know, Brand mm -hmm. Castle and Dracula. So it, it's it's a country that is just so astonishing, I think, in so many ways. And and I and in reading about it and in reading about what seemed like real sort of chunks and segments of history in particular, I really had absolutely no idea what I was what I was going to to see when I when I got there. I mean bearing in mind of course I only went to Bucharest and I'm I'm aware that that you know it's, it's a it's a big country it's very you know very different in terms of of its geography but also the impact that there has been on its history um it, funnily enough you know in flying out we we just as we arrived at one o'clock in the morning we ended up flying out at some silly time in the morning as well but actually it was great because uh even if even if getting up at four or five o'clock in the morning wasn't fantastic a plane taken off on time on a beautiful sunny day flying over Romania you saw absolutely everything and of course the thing that that, that gets in your mind first and you see and you see it start to come up for the Carpathians and you're just looking going oh that's impressive and mm. sometimes I think the physical geography of somewhere as well is is symbolic but also really says something about it. And if you think about the history of of um, of Romania and its proximity to, you know, to, to Hungary, to Russia, you know, in, and in the south to the to the previous the Ottoman Empire, for example, so many people have tried to take over Romania at certain points. Most of them, therefore, have clashed up against the, the Carpathians, and it and it's almost the as though the, the 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 country has that spirit about it as well. It's like, quite frankly, you've all tried. Back <laughs> you go to Hungary. Back you go to the south. You know, back you go to Turkey. Um, because we are who we are. And it's so it's really interesting, and they've kept that even in terms of their name, their language, 
you know, um, obviously their second languages and how those have taken forward have changed quite a bit over the years. But um, English now is taught in all the schools and indeed from kindergarten and others. And you can tell that and that's been taking place for some years. So I think more than anything, that's what really struck me about Romania. And and that was the fascinating read of it. Let's say history is interesting, whatever, wherever you are and whoever you're reading it about. But but I, I think the history of the various segments of it and and how it's come to be what it is. And and indeed, in this walking tour of um, of Bucharest, you know, there are some astonishingly beautiful buildings there as well. And then there are some that, quite frankly, are a bit well, very, very big and really rather bleak. Um, mm. But then right next to something that is ornate and beautiful next to something that is new, that's made of glass. You've got them cheek by jowl and they and it all sort of fits. And um, and that, I think, was a, is, is a really fascinating part of it. And, and so that mixture of history and language and, and culture and that creation of a of a nation and the, the, therefore the kind of that reading that I did beforehand that I always, you know, wanted wanted to, to sort of do that anyway was was great to then be able to talk to some of the people there and just see some of it at least a small part of it you know in action so a fantastic you know yeah really a fascinating country an amazing history in terms of language of course again given its yeah. more recent history again very interesting in terms of that and you do get people talking a in a range of different languages a lot of language capacity there as it as a language itself, I found Romanian. I suppose it's one of the Romance languages. Um, you're better all this than I am, Chris. But anyway, but it it's rather Italian sounding. Mm -hmm. And indeed, when you're reading things, I mean, we went to a restaurant um, one evening, and it was like a tapas restaurant. But um, but when the the menu came, you know, it was all in Romanian. But but actually, I then channeled my inner Italian. Because sadly, hmm. Fabrizio wasn't there. The one time I did have been useful. Thank you very much, Fabrizio. Remember this in the future, please. Would have been great to have you there. Um, but it, you know, you could you could guess what the various things were because there's such a there's a similarity in the language. So that that in itself is quite, you know, is quite interesting. But certainly from the point of view of the the students, you know, and um, the languages that they work in in school at universities. I talked to quite a few of the students in the universities that we visited as well and just chit chatting to some of them you know and just asking them what they were studying and and all all of them had absolutely no trouble in conversing in english you know and um but clearly though you know they've got their own language they celebrate that and that's a really important part of it so fascinating trip wonderful yeah. place and you know wouldn't hesitate to go back Wow, wonderful. Yeah, fantastic. So, I mean, yeah, it sounds like an all-round, uh, yeah, great trip. Um, and thank you very much for, for sharing. Uh, hopefully people will uh, will spend more time thinking about Romania and, and maybe looking at looking there for partnership activity in the future. So, wonderful. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Until next time then, wherever, wherever that uh, may be. <laughs> wherever we go then. <laughs>